Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest episode of the Adopt365 podcast. My name is Barry Coons, and I'd like to introduce my co-host, Anthony Charman. Hello. And Megan Warren. Hi, everyone. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much for joining me today, both. So today's show is going to be all around the metaverse. Uh, for those of you that maybe have been living in a cardboard box, haven't heard people talking about this, uh, a quick search on Wikipedia says the metaverse is a virtual reality space in which users can interact with a computer-generated environment and other users. So that's a very broad use case thing. It's been around since the 90s, the concept. I think they, uh, they said it was first introduced in a, a book in the 90s. Before we dig deep into the metaverse, what it could mean to you, what it could mean to your business, maybe what is it today? Um, we normally get on with a bit of just talking around what we've been doing in Microsoft 365 first. If this is the first time you've listened to the Adopt 365 podcast, uh, can I urge you to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app, uh, like it, click the bell on the notifications, all of those good things to subscribe to the podcast really does help us just get out to more people and share more of this good content. So please tell friends and pass it on. We're really uh, keen to be speaking to more people. And if you'd like to be part of the Adopt365 podcast, if you'd like to come and talk to us, talk to our champions that are also involved with the podcast, please reach out to uh, us. Probably Megan is the best person to reach out to. you find her on LinkedIn um, and say you want to come and join us and, and talk about a subject. So to get us started then, Anthony, what is the kind of one thing that's really stood out to you recently or you've been spending your, a lot of time thinking about? Well, there's two things really. Um, just a really, really quick one, which is that this this button seemed to appear in my Outlook the other day, um, which says share to Teams. Um, and one of the things I spend a lot of time um, talking to people about is, you know, how are we going to use different methods of communication in the business, and how we're going to, you know, move away from using email um, and be able to, work to, you know, you have that communication within Teams so we can put it in the right context and uh, and manage it there. So this button's really useful. Um, so if you if you've got an email coming in from the outside world and you want to share it in a Teams channel, you can just click that button, click the team, click the channel, um, press that button, and uh, off it goes. And then you can have a conversation with your colleagues around the subject of uh, of that email. So it's just a nice interface between traditional email and being able to communicate and collaborate around that with your your colleagues and the wider members of your team um, in the Teams environment. So that's that's my number one thing. The other area I've been doing a lot of work on recently has been um, Microsoft Teams Rooms. Um, as you know, I, I think we're probably bored of people saying this, but as people are going back to work, we're looking at how we can, uh, uh, you know, set environments up for hybrid meetings and how we can make it an equal experience for people inside their organization uh, uh, as if they're, you know, and people outside of the organization and bring them all together in a, a level playing field for, for meetings then Teams Rooms is doing some really good stuff in that area. Um, and the Microsoft front row aspects of, uh, of Teams Room is really putting some, uh, some, Microsoft putting some real effort into developing that environment. It's in public preview. It's not quite there yet, but you can see where it's going. And we can see that uh, it's going to integrate really well with the loop components that uh, are starting to appear in Teams and enables to really create a nice collaboration, uh, collaboration space where people can work without being uh, hindered and share and collaborate um, wherever they are. So those are the, the two things I've been looking at uh, over the last week or two. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Anthony. Good to see that uh, things are ever progressing and uh, good to see when some of the more features come out in the next couple of months. Um, Megan, what, what, what has uh, piqued your interest recently? 
So mine's not necessarily a feature as such. Um, as Anthony said, with hybrid working becoming the norm now, um, what I've been working on recently is just going back to those basics. So everyone's changing their way they're working again. People are in the office, people are at home, people are on the road again, which is amazing to see. However, some old bad habits seem to have crept in for some people. The emails have started going up, etc. So it's just working on those as we call them almost brilliant basics, those really key sort of standardization pieces um, across organizations, across everything to make sure, one, you're collaborating and communicating in the same way that everyone knows where to find that communication, et cetera, um, and almost collaborating and communicating in the right way. So still using Teams when it's needed, still using email because it's never gonna go, but really reducing that email still. So going back to basics, revisiting those basics and getting them right again as we're changing the way we work. Fantastic. I think it's one of those really important things that as new people come into the company, as technology improves and uh, as people need to do different things in Microsoft Teams, you need to have the right ways inside the organization to to allow you to do that. Um, I suppose a really good time to, to plug our Dot .365 platform, uh, the knowledge base with all of the content with monthly live training um, that can be really helpful as a secondary learning resource to, to those people that are looking uh, to share that knowledge inside their organization. So from my perspective, um, I've been looking at lots of stuff, but something that really stood out to me this month, and it's probably a nice segue into our next conversation, are the Realware uh, compatible Microsoft Teams headsets. So here at Computer World, we've recently onboarded them as a, a technology. Uh, the Realware headsets are a headset that you're able to wear that have got a screen just under one eye. They've got a camera. They've got a torch. They can connect to helmets, uh, baseball caps, and things like that. So if you have a use case where you have someone that is working remotely that needs support from uh, someone that may be central or something like that. So certainly in engineering environments, anything where there is kind of a hands-on element, this allows the people that are supporting you centrally to have that true first-person view on what's going on. So that could be fixing a piece of machinery. It could be looking at a, a medical diagnosis or something like that. So this was a certainly uh, really interesting. First saw them at Microsoft Ignite. It's great now that uh, at Computer were able to help and support customers with those. And it was great to see that in action. It's, it's really good to see a demonstration of a headset integrated with Microsoft Teams and how that can completely change the flow of a, a, a working environment. Previously, where you may need to send the specialist out to each of the places there's problems, you could send someone that is maybe on a learning path to speak to one central session, uh, specialist. So all of a sudden, that specialist can now support five, six, 10 different people, whereas previously, you'd need 10 different specialists or a prolonged period of time to be able to deliver the same outcome. So they were referring to this as um, assisted reality. So not artificial intelligence, not virtual reality, but um, uh, assisted reality. So it's really good to see that. Maybe we'll get them on uh, the podcast, although I don't quite know how a headset will work as part of a podcast. Maybe we'll have to make a, a limited edition video only version of the Adopt 365 podcast to show what that can do. So as we go on to the main subject of the day, um, we're going to be talking about the metaverse and what is it? What does it mean? Um, and ultimately, what are our thoughts upon it? Because I think where we are at the moment, it's probably too early to truly say what it's going to be in and um, how it's going to be adopted and how it's going to change our working lives. Uh, I know where we are in the UK at the moment. Um, 
hybrid working is now a real thing. Megan and I are both in here in the computer world offices. Anthony is remote. We're now changing the way that we work. But is there further evolution that needs to happen? Um, so, Anthony, why, why, why don't you get us started uh, on on the metaverse? What what, uh, what are your first thoughts? Let's let's get a a, a conversation going. <laughs> it's a it's a difficult one, really, because um, I'm eternally skeptical about these things. Um, but I, I think, you know, my my first thoughts are, you know, that I think the technology is getting there. I think one of the main things that I think about when I'm talking to people is that and you can't see this now, but, you know, because it's a podcast, my my hands do a lot of the talking. Um, and therefore, you know, that without that, and without, without being face to face with people and without people seeing our, seeing our facial expressions, I miss a lot of what is going on within a meeting room. And I don't know if the technology is there yet to actually help us to uh, you know to replace those things within the metaverse i've you know i've been working from home throughout the covid period been at the office three or four times um it's really really good to see people i do miss not seeing people um and i don't know how much you know how much more it's going to add to be able to see an avatar of, of someone um so yeah i i'm i'm, I'm skeptical about it um, but I'm, I think the technology is getting there to enable us to deliver it. I, I look at it from two points of view. I think it works really well in a gaming environment. And I think that's been going on for a long time, kind of first person shooters and cloud based you know, environments for that have worked really well. But I also think, you know, what we need to find is where it works really well in a business sense and uh, you know business drivers behind it but i do think they'll be the two things that drive it one will be it'll be led by entertainment and secondly we'll then see how it how practical it is and how usable it is in a business environment definitely i think um just just to to, to take us uh, back a step so uh, uh, the bit that we i said at the beginning it's a, a virtual reality space in which users can interact with a computer generated environment and other users so this is basically a way for people to escape from what is in front of them and be somewhere else so almost that what was it in in star trek they used to be able to kind of teleport flick the communicator yeah. and <laughs> teleport somewhere else whilst we haven't quite uh, invented the technology to teleport somewhere else this is probably the the closest you can get to kind of going somewhere else and it happens to be that virtual world um and there's two main technologies we've probably um seen about this i don't know megan if you just want to Talk about those two technologies and, and what you've seen of them so far. Yeah, so the two that I've really sort of explored um, so far is Microsoft Mesh, which they announced at Microsoft Ignite. Gosh, it, it feels like it was only yesterday, but I imagine it was probably a year or so ago now. Um, and talking about Mesh and how that's really going to come into play in sort of Teams meetings, really expanding that Teams meeting when people are around a whiteboard, they can all come together with their avatars and actually all draw on the whiteboard together, which feels more, um, it even feels more collaborative than just having a whiteboard in a Teams meeting as such. So um, I feel like the Microsoft piece is really going to lead the um, work related virtual reality space um mm. the other one of course is the facebook one and there's a lot of talk going on at the moment with facebook and um is it workrooms i think it's called but they've also got a home one etc as well um so that's facebook's version of that again if you're using facebook workplace the facebook workrooms will probably be really useful um 
I'm a Microsoft person through and through, so I don't think it's as good personally, but uh, there may be a little bit of bias in there as well. Um, but I, I am, I'm like Anthony, there's a little part of me that sort of looks at it and goes, oh, how will this come together? But actually, when you start seeing it come into play, when you start watching these videos of people actually using it and demonstrating it, I just think it looks really incredible. I don't think it's going to replace real world meetings. I don't think it can replace that. There's still a need for that. But for people who live maybe in Manchester, for example, if we employed someone in Manchester and they couldn't be here for a company day or something like that, maybe it's a good alternative and a good way for them to interact with us as well. So as an example, Manchester is probably about a couple of hundred miles away from our head office. It's it's not specifically people from Manchester would really suit the use case with, uh, <laughs> with Metaverse. No, no discrimination. So. Um, so yes, it, it's that Horizon workspace and, and Horizon Home from the Facebook side. Facebook have obviously even gone as far as renaming their parent company Meta um, uh, in terms of what they're doing. And certainly anybody that follows Mark Zuckerberg at the moment will see everything that he is doing, is looking at, is all about the Metaverse. It's about AI for the Metaverse. It's about user experience for Metaverse. It's about the devices for Metaverse. It's all of those things, certainly, that we're seeing from uh, Mark Zuckerberg probably today leading the way in terms of the people that we think he obviously they obviously acquired oculus uh, technologies a, a few years ago that are one of the primary vendors of making the virtual reality headsets um but yeah it was really good to see that microsoft um piece um it started off, I don't know if you remember back then, you watch it, they, they did quite in-depth virtual reality things and took us off to a very um, psychedelic world of people dancing around a fireplace inside a VR environment, which <laughs> was a little bit strange. I wasn't quite sure what to think Unrelatable. about that. Unrelatable. Yeah. Are other possible? You could be anywhere doing anything, uh, I suppose, is the example. But um, Anthony, I don't know if you remember, as as part of the launch and what they've showed since, um, obviously, the, the large IT consultancy firm or the, uh, the large consultancy firm, Accenture, Accenture uh, were one yeah. of the, the, the main people to take Microsoft Mesh and deliver some experiences, I think delivering 60,000 VR headsets to their users and using it for onboarding. I don't know if you've seen that video or remember from it. What, what were your thoughts around that essential use case uh, if indeed uh, you, you can remember it yeah i do remember it and uh, yeah i do remember those numbers of kind of 60,000 uh, headsets that uh, vr headsets i just thought that that's quite expensive i can't imagine many of our clients can making that commitment but i think it's you know what that enabled them to do was to to in effect gather people into a place to talk to each other and communicate with each other in this kind of 3D world. I mean, when people talk about the, you know, the difference between the internet and the metaverse, people kind of talk about you, you go on the internet and you go into the metaverse. Um, so I just, you know, that that's quite false in a way, um, because you know, when you're in that metaverse, you choose how you project yourself. You choose what your avatar looks like. They really do seem to have a problem with, um, you know, legs in that environment don't they i don't know whether it just takes too much computer power to uh, generate legs that work and track legs that work but they seem to have uh, just missed those off but it's kind of it, it worries me that it gives people the ability to project an image which isn't them a little bit like you know we always put our best life on instagram um you'll be able to project your real life you know your, your best life in the metaverse and uh, and communicate with people and, and it'll, it'll be false in a way i keep going back whenever i talk about the metaverse i always think about the film the matrix which was well ahead of its time 
because you know the matrix in effect um was a world where the the human person was locked in a you know was locked into uh, an environment almost had atrophied into being a useless thing but was just plugged into a metaverse in effect and they were living this second life in uh, in, in there um and i just worry about that because although you can project a real nice image of yourself into the metaverse when you take your headset off you're faced back with you know what you've actually got you know you may have an awesome view outside you know of your villa in your uh, in your metaverse world um but when you take your headset off and you're sat in your your damp flat in uh, you know it, somewhere it, it there's going to be that real my, my mind shift and i think it will cause a lot of trouble mental health wise um really be a challenge to people so i can't imagine a world where we're all wearing headsets all the time i think there's going to be a time and a place to have a video meeting like this there's going to be a time and a place when we say right we want a more immersive experience you know we're going to do a whiteboarding session together we're going to want to you know banter backwards and forwards and and share some stuff and uh, you know and read 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 each other's reactions and things like that when we'll say right let's let's go deeper and let's put our headsets on and go into that immersive environment um but yeah i'm still quite skeptical i'm not sure if that answered the question but there's a lot of thoughts going on in my head about this whole area at the moment you didn't say it could be chaos yet so so uh, it, no. it, it's all good um yeah. and i think you're completely right i think there is a whole area around not just mental health but also around governance also around how do we make sure that these environments are safe children getting involved in the these worlds they are very immersive uh, there were uh, recent news stories as to how i think it was uh, oculus or, or someone like that in these virtual worlds were having to look at sexual harassment um situations that were happening in there and, and uh, females being put at risk and things like that so this is another world this is another environment and going into those kind of environments does have its own set of considerations and and cautions i i don't know megan back to the essential thing did you have an what was your review on on that kind of essential demonstration that we saw as part of microsoft uh, ignite like I said, um, when I spoke a moment ago, the whiteboard piece is really good. I, I do see a real use case of that. I think they sh even showed somebody picking up a post-it note off of the whiteboard and moving it across. And that's just a different experience than what we have today. Um, we've done things with clients, with internal, where you actually get post-it notes and you stick them all around the room. And it's really good fun. You do that in a Teams meeting, it works. You get the job done. But is it as fun? Probably not. So. It is just filling that almost, I want to say void that we currently have been missing where we can't all be together that I think is really good. I, I don't know if I see in the workplace, I think they had a few people just stood around chatting um, almost as a bit, a bit social. I don't know that I, I really get that piece at the moment. I don't know that I'd put my headset on to do the social piece of just going in to see some avatars and stuff like that as well. Um, that bit doesn't really gel with me at the moment. The other bit that I almost want to say concerns me is um, when people were using their avatars in normal Teams meetings. So rather than having their video on, they had their avatar on. Now, for people who don't like putting their video on and like Anthony says, want to show maybe a better self, um, then that's good because if they didn't previously have their video on, at least they now have their avatar on. They can you know, gesture a little bit, pull a few facial expressions, and you get a bit more of that insight. The bit I don't want to happen is people who used to have that camera on, 
now just put their avatar on because they don't want people to see them because whilst the avatar is a little bit better than no camera it's certainly not as good as seeing someone's real facial expressions etc because you just you see it twitch a little bit but you don't see that full facial expression of someone rolling their eyes or something like that that you see in those meetings or in real life I must also say here I don't like the reactions with avatars when they sort of go and put a heart like this when they're supposed to be liking something during a team's meeting I would never sit on a team's meeting and go like like with a heart with my hands it's just not what you do so I think there's still a way to go to make it a little bit more realistic for people to truly engage with it and truly use it in the right way yeah I watched um a, a TED talk which uh, the guy was doing it into a virtual audience and to a physical audience and he's like wearing a full motion capture suit so that he can be you know they can get as much of the rea re reactions um, and mm. his movement to the virtual audience but I don't want to have to be wearing a virtual capture suit to, to do that and I certainly don't want you know to be wearing a headset when I'm in a room with with physical people um, mm. so it does seem I mean it's a real challenge in if you want to deliver it in a hybrid environment, because you've got to have a certain be dressed in a certain way to make it effective in the virtual world. And yet, if you've got people in the room with you, you'd rather that they, they saw you as you are. So, uh, yeah, I think we're on a journey here, aren't we? And, and certainly how the technology sits today is likely to be very different to where it sits in five to 10 years. I think Mark Zuckerberg said in five to 10 years, you'll be able to wear a set of glasses that looks like a set of glasses and you will be able to be in an augmented reality environment at that point i think it becomes a lot more unnatural a lot more real the thing for me that really stood out about the accenture example was one of the examples they gave was around onboarding um and uh, obviously i think we've probably all had the challenge during the lockdown period to onboard new employees during um uh, the lockdown period or now when we're recruiting people not so close to the head office and things like that it could be a real challenge to kind of get those social social yeah. situations to see some people um, and what I really liked in the Accenture environment during a onboarding period you can ask people to do stuff actually we're going to send you a headset go and join uh, this thing at a, a few clicks there's going to be some friendly colleagues there that are there to have a chat with you and it can feel maybe more like a social situation there was a good example in the video where there was someone um I think from the China office, talking to someone from the London office, and it was automatically translating what they were saying. So they still yeah. had the ability to interact. And I think what it, what this will be about and be about initially will be about those experiences. You look for certain experiences where this can extend what the experience you're able to office, uh, offer at home or in the office and offer those new ways. Megan, your example of uh, whiteboarding was, was uh, a, a good one. We need to specifically do something we're apart there's uh, reasons why we can't all come together so there could be uh, a reason around that one thing that i also did see um that really stood out to me i don't know if you both saw the um horizon workspace launch that mark zuckerberg did on a i think it was on an american chat show um, um and and there was a few things equally. Uh, so first of all, uh, it, it was a chat show. It wasn't really a techie show kind of thing, but it was good to see how the host interacted with it and how surprised that some of the mm. things were going on. Mark Zuckerberg and, and I can't remember the the, the female presenter's uh, name were in there, but also with a few other people as well. And a few things that I hadn't really fully comprehended or understood. You watch it on a, a flat screen, you think, well, 
it kind of looks like a cartoony meeting kind of thing. Not sure if I like that. But the bit that I thought that video showed quite well was the other areas, the other senses that you were able to get in the meeting by being immersed in it. So Mark Zuckerberg could hear the lady talk to her right. And then someone said something to the other side of the room. And the audio went with the person that was there, that when he was talking to her, he was looking to her right and and you could see what he was doing at one point he was doing stuff on the the keyboard in front of him and one thing i did kind of think is actually that is quite a immersive i've done kind of teams meetings board meetings on microsoft teams and yes you can hear the people you can hear them say it but you lose that sense of being in the room with those people and i would love to to get some oculus headsets for for all of our board and and go into a workspace meeting see what the different people thought of it once in there i just thought actually does those different senses, the noises in the background, being able to look up and down, looking at something that's being shared on a screen at the end, and it actually feel like it's being shared on a screen at the end, does that perspective, mm. does that additional context actually really add something? And, and until I've been able to fully experience that, which I hope to be able to soon, that was just one thing that, that um, I thought about. I don't know if either of you have any thoughts on if you saw that video. I, I, I did see, see the that. video. And Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I did see the video um, and it was the audio thing that caught my attention as well, because it's not something you really consider, um, but it looked really interesting. I think as well, um, like Anthony said, it's the gestures as well. When they were in that meeting, you could see Mark gesturing with his hands. You could see the woman gesturing with hers, although she didn't seem to be able to grasp the sort of um, handheld sort of remotes that you had. She kept moving them but you got to see that sort of interaction that they were having with each other that does again make it more realistic make it more um relatable as well yeah i think the, the same it was that you know she turned to him and she said oh i didn't realize you had freckles on your nose and and things like that you, you know you clearly see it a, a lot clearer although maybe he hasn't got freckles in his nose and he just put them on for novelty value. But uh, He said he did you know, have freckles on he his did, nose. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I find he, he looks a little bit like an avatar anyway in, in reality, which is uh, interesting. But uh, no, I thought that the sound bit, I just, you know, we ought to, as Barry said, we ought to try it and see what it's like, see how much that adds. Because, you know, you always have the, the thing which is like, you know, five verbal communication is only five percent of the of the actual conversation um and it is all your gestures and your body language and you know we've probably all sat moving our hands even though they're off screen now um it'd be interesting to see how much the sound bit is an important part of that as well in creating that whole atmosphere and the ability to bring stuff in that you wouldn't you know wouldn't be able to bring into a physical meeting room um and the, the ability to you know show videos and things to a group of people um, and talk about them and stop them and, and the whole whiteboarding experience. I think, you know, I, I'm I'm not as cynical as I thought I was going to be. I can see some real business drivers for this. Um, I think HoloLens is a good starting point for a lot of people. Just I remember the uh, an example of that where they were, you know, sat, stood behind beside, I think it was a Land Rover or something like that. And they were, you know, they could see the wiring diagram overlaid on it, that kind of extended reality piece. Um, and they were able to, uh, you know, assist someone in there, which is very similar to the stuff that Barry was talking about earlier. But yeah, I suppose I haven't experienced, I, I think I've worn a 3D um, headset, you know, two or three times, and it's always been a bit of a novelty, but it's a matter of how that turns out in a business environment. 
Definitely. Well, I, I would say... We... Sorry, go on, Megan. Sorry, I was going to say, whilst we're talking about the workrooms piece, the only thing I did notice when I was sort of doing a bit of research about this, etc., is where Mark Zuckerberg was recording his video, he's obviously very well practiced with it. Um, everything he did when he switched the layout of the room, etc., it was very slick, it was very smooth and made it look like a very easy tool to use and made the experience look quite smooth as well. Um, I then watched someone else who isn't Mark Zuckerberg, um, just sort of playing with it, demoing it just to see how it works um, and sort of reviewing it for his YouTube channel. <clears throat> and he was very jittery when he was using it. His head movements were really jittery when he was clicking stuff with his hand, which you sort of do like you're a crab, um, was really jittery as well. And I, I just looked at that and thought, if you're not quite as skilled as Mark or as experienced as Mark Zuckerberg doing it, is the experience actually smooth or is it a bit jittery and actually not that easy to use because I think for people to really engage with it really enjoy using it and like it it has to be that smooth experience I couldn't use it if it was a jittery as the one I watched because one it would make me feel sick and two it would annoy me how annoying it is to use so I think maybe again we'd have to play with it to see how easy it used but this guy that I watched made it look a lot harder than I assumed it would be yeah, I think accessibility is, is going to be an important thing for it to be mainstream in the workplace. I think the area that we're more likely to see early acceptance is in the gaming industry. I think there obviously already is quite a large following for that. I think Microsoft have just announced that they're buying Activ uh, Activision Blizzard, is it, for £68.7 billion, which is obviously their Microsoft business unit. But also, I think there's talk around Microsoft saying that there's a lot to be learned in the metaverse from the world of gaming kind of thing and microsoft have obviously got a lot of experience in that gaming world probably uh, more so than than oculus from a meta perspective and it'd be interesting to see how these things bridge together how the metaverse will bridge from our personal lives maybe our children that will be more into the gaming uh, from that side into work and, and and our adult lives kind of thing and actually as the the, the children of today become the the workers of tomorrow do these fun things naturally become more accepted because they're being brought up with it so i think that's that's really quite ex exciting we've largely spoken about uh, vr then so it's a really immersive experience completely being changing into the world that you are anthony you did briefly mention hololens so ar the ability yeah. uh, to overlay a virtual world on top of your existing world um for me this is the area that is probably really exciting in in the short term, I think it's going to be more difficult for it to be a reality because if you take an Oculus headset, you can go and pick one up at your local Argos for £299 and probably get playing about in the metaverse today. An Oculus headset is available on, I think, the developer beta programs and is about two and a half, three thousand pounds from that perspective. But this whole thing of being able to overlay something onto the real world, I think adds another dimension to it. Um, I think, Megan, you saw the, the videos of Microsoft using this in a hybrid meeting environment and putting some um, objects on it. I don't know if you want to reflect on uh, what you saw of the, the Microsoft Mesh demonstration with HoloLens. Yeah, so um, I agree that I think it's probably, um, well, it looks like an experience I would probably prefer to use because you still have your real experience, your real room that you're in that you can see. But in the um, <clears throat> experience I saw was they had, <clears throat> I'm going to say a piece of car. 
I don't know if it was a piece of car. It looks like a piece of car with like pipes and stuff like that, that they were looking at and really assessing the sort of build of it. Um, and there was three of them in a room. Well, initially there was two, but inside that meeting they were having, they invited somebody else in <clears throat> by calling her. And the next thing her avatar walked into the meeting as well, was able to join them. The bit that I really liked about it was you could pick it up and you saw them sort of um, grabbing it with fingers and pulling it to expand it, moving it around so they could see every angle of it. And it was really sort of a 3D object that they were looking at, which I really enjoyed that piece. But also they could annotate it as well. So they grabbed sort of virtual pens and they were drawing over it. They were pointing to different things, drawing arrows, etc. But the best bit about that was as soon as they hung up from that meeting, they said that if their developers or their builders that were sort of creating that content and those um, bits of car um, were to go and look at that and wanted to see where they left off, they literally just opened it up and it, they could see all the annotations that the previous people had made. Um, and it's just that next step of collaboration, isn't it? It's that next thing that makes it easier to engage with each other, collaborate on that thing, and then not lose it or have to explain it or email it, God forbid. You just open it up and it's all there again. So it was a really nice way to see that happening. Um, and again, seeing those real world experiences of how they're using it, just bring it to life and make you see how relatable this sort of technology can really be. I think that's those kind of use cases in business where you've got, a, you know, you're creating something. Maybe an architect is creating a building from people be able to view that and actually go, can, you know, can we change that? Can we see how the colours, you know, colours change the size of this? Can we make that bigger um, and be able to all do that within a kind of a shared space will, will you know, be a real benefit, really uh, increase the speed of the, of, you know, people developing things. Um, and when you link that with them, um, you know, 3D printing and things like that in a manufacturing environment, for them to be able to design it in effect in that virtual space and then be able to create it um, physically is uh, going to revolutionise how quick it takes to develop things. Quick Pieces question though. Pieces of car. It was a bit of car, I assume. Um, I think it was actually a piece of commercial plumbing with some very large valves on it. I think you. I think you'd be very surprised if you saw one of those under your bonnet. To be honest. Um, well, it shows how much Barry. I know about plumbing or cars. Um, the question I have is, that was in a um, meeting scenario. So they were having that sort of meeting about this bit of plumbing, bit of car. Um, is there a way? to record that if so whose point of view do you see that from because if I was recording it but actually it should have been from Barry's should he have started the recording I think there's stuff to consider there into how does that work um so just a question I came up with there I, I don't assume you guys have the answers but I don't know if you have any thoughts around that I think that's a really good point because uh, ultimately to record from all people's perspective would be a, a quite a large um amount of data that would need to be recorded mm. and to be stored um, but ultimately if we if we don't worry about the techie stuff because we don't have to worry about that here on this podcast it's all about the art of the possible for the users ultimately imagine if it could be recorded from all angles um, mm. and then ultimately you were able to replay the meeting and and actually go well we were talking about it over here but did you see that when we tilted it this way this part of it then started to bend and in the meeting we weren't looking at it from that perspective but actually we looked at it over there so actually because this is a virtual world with 3d models 
there could be new possibilities from just a single viewpoint of something that we saw at the time. We could look at it from multiple different viewpoints. Yeah. So I go back to my thing. I think there's a time and a place for this, but it's not all the time. You know, I think if if, if we're going to do it, you know, you do a company meeting, that's fine. But we don't need all of that enhancement all the time to do stuff, do we? But I think there will be some real business benefits from it um, in the right context. And, and I think Anthony mentioned earlier about the ability to overlay things like wiring diagrams on top of um, or schematics on top of a wiring closet or something like that. I think that the ability to augment what it is that we're seeing adds layers on top of it. But I'm completely with you. I, I don't see a scenario today where your average em employee, your average company has the ability for someone to live in a virtual environment kind of thing and live in a virtual world. There's probably some specialists out there that do spend a lot of their days, even today, in a VR headset. Um, maybe you're flying a drone for somewhere, some reason, and actually your mm. job is to, to do that. And you, the easiest way, best way to do that is have the headset on and be able to look around. There's probably those use cases today. But I think those are niche use cases, specific people that are really able to leverage their skill set anywhere in the world by being immersed in a virtual environment. I'd imagine things like eye fatigue and stuff like that would be a real challenge um, with those kind of things. But I can't see a, a scenario where I turn up at an office or I'm part of a company and just in general, you spend all day with an augmented reality or a virtual reality headset coming anytime soon, at least. Yeah, yeah, a drone pilot thing. I, I mean, we, I talked about the Matrix earlier, but I just remember in the film Avatar, there was almost like the air traffic control place had it was all in in 3D. Um, and I don't know whether that was 3D projected off HoloLens or or whether it was kind of uh, done done in the room and it was a film anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you know, the fact they could actually go, oh, this plane's coming in at this angle and this one's coming at this angle. Are they going to hit each other? Well, actually, if I turn them around, I can see it from a different angle and I know they're not. Uh, yeah. I can see those kind of, you know, when, when you've got things interacting with other things, to be able to look at it from different views all, would be good. All those old like films that you watch or not even old all those films you watch where they've got things cropping up and they're like spinning the world and they're like oh they may be here i can't even think of films now and you used to watch that and you'd be like oh yeah that will never be possible now you hackers. watch it and you <laughs> any chance to mention hackers you would barry but all those films where you watch them and they sort of just bring up like iron man when he has all those different screens and there's nothing behind him but it's just like yeah and he flicks it off and you watch her and you're like oh yeah no no way will that ever happen you now watch it and you think actually it's not that will never yeah. happen it's when will that happen and actually how close is that to happening it seems a lot more realistic these days although i have never seen the matrix i feel like i should have done that in my research for this episode of the podcast the other film that really was mentioned film, was yeah. um, uh, Ready Player One, um, I think, was the one that they said first brought about this concept of there being a virtual reality universe. And that's not a film I've watched. So uh, maybe that's one that I need to, to go away and have a look at. Um, yep. So as we kind of get up towards uh, the time that we like to do for the podcast, um, I'm, I'm going to chuck a question out there that I haven't asked either of you to prepare for, um, because I know you like to be putting on uh, on the spot, and I'll go with Anthony first. Um, Good. <laughs> if you're speaking to a customer, Anthony, that, that wants to consider what the metaverse means for their organization and, and start just considering it, what, what, what kind of angles would you go to today with the technology is where would you advise them to start looking inside their business? 
Megan, what do you think of that? <laughs> no, um, I, I mean, I, I think from a, um, I think in manufacturing organisations, I'd start talking about the kind of stuff that we've seen already with Hololens. In creative organisations, you know, it, you know, marketing companies and things like that. Clearly, there's some work. That, you know, there's some areas there. I think we'd start to think through what is the art of the possible. You know, what can we deliver now? What is, you know, possible? in the future and start to have those kind of conversations with them because there's some really easy wins here things like the you know the, the headsets that you've been looking at um, with a camera on it i don't know how long it's going to be before every headset has a camera on it somewhere so that you can share what you're seeing with the people in the meeting as well as you being able to share your face from from it from in front um but those kind of things that assisted um reality as, as i think you called it earlier that makes a lot of sense. You know, if you've got an expert out in the field, but he's not, you know, he's never seen this model of the equipment he's having to maintain. Um, and you can uh, get someone to sit alongside him, see what he's seeing and tell him to, whether to cut the red wire or the black wire or the blue wire, uh, etc. Then those kind of things are things that could be delivered now. Um, and so they're, they're kind of the, the what can be delivered at the moment. They're a practical thing that could be put in place as we see um, mesh developed the, the microsoft uh, kind of environment we'll have to see how practical that is i'd love to see that 3d whiteboarding environment and introduce that to organizations because i think i, I think microsoft whiteboard in teams at the moment is probably one of the most underused things um, that we, we regularly train people on i don't know how many people go and actually use it in anger and i don't know if you can if you can include external users into that in teams at the moment but i think that is promised um, and is coming but yeah I would start from the bottom you know what can we do now and then get their, their thoughts thinking about what we can do in the future um, one of the videos I watched in preparing for this kind of started off um, as a backdrop with um, Steve Jobs holding up the uh, um, iPhone and saying one day you'll be able to get your music on this and one day you'll be able to get your, your email and your calendar um, and one day you'll be able to run applications on this and you kind of think, you know, people then must have gone, wow, you know, it's never going to happen. How are we going to do that? And yet it's just the reality of what we do every day now. And we'd be absolutely lost without it. So, uh, yeah, I take them through that journey. What's possible now? What's, you know, what's promised in the future um, and try and avoid the kind of ultimate metaverse uh, conversation where you're getting scammed to pieces by a bloke. You think really looks really nice and friendly, but isn't really in the uh, in the real world. Catfishing for virtual reality. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I think my sort of first thing that I would probably look at when um, talking about this is the training aspect. Um, so training on sort of physical things. So I actually did, um, I can't remember if it was, was it augmented reality when I did it yes. and I was building a server and whilst I was building it it was telling me which bit to put it in and if I put it tried to put it in the wrong way the instructions would come up and tell me the other way now for me I see a real world use case for that where you haven't got people in the same country or something like that but they're all going through the same sort of training program being able to deliver it on things like that would be really useful and probably save you a lot of time cost um and flying people here there and everywhere if need be so i think looking at the um sort of opportunities and then really discovering where 
maybe there's a problem to start with that it could potentially fix but for me I do see that um in the tr- sort of training area I think it could really enhance that definitely no I, I completely agree with both of you I think from from my side of things there's two ways to tackle this and, and I'd probably urge customers to do both um the first is don't start with the technology, understanding what the technology is, and then trying to think about the use cases. Um, I'd probably say, look at your business, look at your challenges. Where are you having to get specialists to to certain environments? What are the user experiences that could be enhanced if we could bring people together? Have a look at your business, the nature of your business, and if only this was possible, we would be able to do X, Y, and Z. So start with a vision. What what is it we need? And kind of get that documented, get that kind of... um, uh, broken down. You don't have to be able to achieve a vision today, and you don't know have to know how to go out there and do that today. <clears throat> but starting with the vision means that you remove any con- uh, concepts, preconceptions of boundaries, so you're able to then go out there and see if something could be possible. And then I completely agree um, uh, with Anthony and Megan. Look for those use cases where today you could introduce virtual reality, augmented uh, reality, or assisted uh, reality technologies into your business because it will help. Um, And that might just be on a trial basis. Understand how these technologies can be uh, leveraged. I think the metaverse is coming. I think there is significant investment from Facebook, Microsoft, and a huge amount of other people in this space. I think the shape that it will take, we're not yet decided. Is it going to be more gamey than in real world mass work use cases? We're yet to to see i think the technology is a real barrier at the moment the size of the virtual reality headsets the cost of the augmented reality headsets um so i'm very much excited to see what mark zuckerberg can do in five to ten years and can we get a pair of ray-bans like he like they've now got the facebook glasses they they look like ray-bans they've got a little camera built into them in another five years will they have augmented reality headsets in uh, your your facebook glasses with your prescription lens built into them and and all of that kind of thing so i think this is a really exciting space um i i would urge people not to be limited by their existing preconceptions and their their their, their thinking that well it's a bit gamey i don't think this will work for us but just be open to exploring it i think it's quite exciting to think what could be possible in these environments before you then get on to the uh, the limitations and the, the concerns maybe and i think it's it's not an all or nothing thing isn't it it's not like one day i'm going to put a headset on and that's that's the end of everything else you've got to you know use these different channels of communication you know for in in the appropriate ways i i took a client um went with a client up to the poly uh, experience center in the gherkin last week and it's a client i've been working with since the beginning of the lockdown uh, i spent numerous amounts of time um with them on the conference calls and things like that i never met them in person and it really t- to actually meet them um you know it was a bit odd because i felt i knew them but i didn't um, and it makes a big difference when you physically meet someone in a room, you know, they're probably not as tall as you thought they were. Um, then, you know, they're, they're, they've got a different uh, dress sense to to what you've seen from the shoulders up. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's just so important to keep all, of, you know, have all of these channels available to you and use the ones which are most appropriate for that kind of um, for those meetings um, and for different activities. So, yeah. Fantastic. Megan, have you got any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, no, I think we've said it all. I think it's it's coming. I think the 
I think before you start actually opening it up, I think the potential could be really scary. But um, once you actually start picking it apart a little bit, actually thinking, how could this help me and see the real benefits and see the real um, opportunities, I'll call them, um, it can be really exciting. And I am excited to see where it goes. Um, and hey, in a few years time, we may be doing this as avatars in a virtual sort of space altogether. You never know. Well, maybe we'll have to do it sooner rather than later just to give it a go. Um, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Megan and Anthony, for joining me on this episode of the Adopt365 podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you go and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, click the like, click subscribe. Remember to tick the bell to be notified of future videos uh, coming as well. Thank you very much for listening, for watching. We look forward to speaking to you next month. Thank you.